All right, folks, All right. this is Rabble Rousing Rich Bergeron. Happy 2016, everybody. It's the Tornado Tony Pennycow. Psychic Tom, you're going to introduce yourself? Uh, happy New Year to everyone. <laughs> All right. I know Tom's not used to that, you know, because we always get them like five minutes into the show. <laughs> Tom, doesn't, Tom doesn't get the proper introduction. Right? Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, okay. we got a lot to cover uh, in the last three weeks and in the last year. This is the year in review show. I've officially designated it. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff's happened. Uh, big news in both combat sports uh, disciplines. They are the big ones, mixed martial arts and boxing in particular. Uh, a lot of stuff went on this year. Wrestling, too. The big story was uh, Brock Lesnar not going back to the UFC. Uh, a lot of other stuff went on this year that uh, changed the UFC in a big way. The the big lawsuits started to kind of unfold, even though I haven't really kept up on what's going on with those. Um, well, one big thing I did in the last three weeks is I finished watching the 100 greatest fights of all time uh, up to 2009 for the UFC. And i got to tell you, there's some fights on that video that do not belong <laughs> on that series. <laughs> I don't know why they put them there. Uh, <laughs> like uh, Chris Lieben versus Anderson Silva. Okay. <laughs> How do you yeah. think that fight ended? I, I mean, you just think about those two and you go, yeah, Anderson Silva kicked his ass. Okay, well, that's what happened. <laughs> uh, Chuck Liddell versus Babalu Sabral. I don't think Sabral landed a single punch. <laughs> yeah, that was, that like, was pretty one-sided. How's these 100 uh, greatest fights? How far back did they go on that? Uh, well, it ended at 2009, but they went all the way back to UFC 1. They had uh, Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie on there. Oh, so. Okay. Uh, did they have Mark Coleman and Maury Smith? Um, I'm pretty sure they did, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that, because that was, to this day, I still think that that was one of the biggest game changers right. in the entire sport. Uh, uh, it, I mean, it's just monumental, and you don't hear about it that much. The other thing that's kind of crazy is that the most... Uh, the top fights, all, almost all the top fights are just absolute slugfest wars. Like, I think number two is uh, Chuck Liddell versus uh, Wanderlei Silva, <coughs> which was just basically, you know, both guys are at the end of their careers and no defense whatsoever. <laughs> just rock'em, sock'em robots for three straight rounds. And it's kind of cool because, you know, Wanderlei took so much punishment, but at the same time, I see those fights and I shake my head and go, this is not the example kids need to be seeing about what's a good fight. Because <laughs> there's no freaking defense. Uh, so, I don't know. But uh, there were some I definitely agreed with, uh, you know, being on there. One of the ones that surprised me was actually Diego Sanchez versus uh, Cara Parisian. And it's another example of, you know, yeah, it was a good fight, but... Carl Parisian had no defense at all and uh, was really not even throwing his punches very well. But it was just that they were landing back and forth on each other all fight long. That made it one of the best fights ever. Some interesting ones on there, too. Uh, one of my favorite moments, even though it's not a, it's another not a good moment to show your kids. <laughs> uh, Forrest Griffin fighting Rashad Evans. And at one point, uh, Forrest is laying some punches on Rashad, and he steps back, Rashad does, puts his hand to his mouth, and then is, puts his hands to his nutsack. Kiss <laughs> 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 my well, dick, that, basically. That, that's the old, uh, Roberto Duran trick. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, that wasn't very classy of him, but uh, hey, he's trying to say that didn't hurt me. So, wow, big stuff. And he ended up winning the fight, so I mean, he backed it up. So I've got to give him that. <clears throat> well, you know, it's funny. I was kind of thinking of it. I usually, um, and I'm sure I'll get it within the next few weeks, get my Ring Magazine um, new review. And then they'll have, like, have, you know, the fight of the year, the fighter of the year, the knockout of the year, you know, so on and so forth, the round of the year, everything. And then they also have the previous winners. So they'll have, like, a page dedicated to, you know, every year the fighter of the year back from, like, 1950 or 1950 to present, you know. And, like, you look at it sometimes, and I, and I always think of the fight of the year. Now, obviously, going back to 1950, a lot of these fights happened before I was born. <laughs> and... A lot of these fights obviously happened when I was a little kid and can barely remember. I'm like, that one fight of the year? And I'm like, right. really? I'm like, how does that happen? And I think what they did to kind of like uh, combat that now is they put something like event of the year. Because <laughs> that could say something like, you know, in 20, 30 years from now, they can, I already know what's going to be the boxing event of 2015, and unless you're under a rock, um, you're not going to be able to guess this, right? Um, but, you know, 20, 30 years from now, like, you can look at it and say, oh, 2015 fight of the year was Mayweather Pacquiao? Hmm. Well, I don't remember that being that good of a fight. But it was such a big event, and there was so much hype behind it, you know, you could see that get in consideration, and the fight was dreadful. Right. So, I know that's going to be event of the year, but it's definitely not the fight of the year. I think they started that event of the year maybe about five, six years ago. Um, the perfect example, I don't, obviously they didn't have it back then, but event of the year 97 would have been Tyson biting Holyfield's ear. You know, because that was definitely an event. Um, not, not a good one, but definitely an event. People talked about it. Yes, sir. Uh, of course, uh, the big... Uh Non-big fight of the year. Uh, there was a couple of them. Uh, <laughs> you know, we got um, what's his name there, uh, Klitschko versus uh, Tyson Fury. Even though the title changed hand, it was it was actually something I got into a real uh, conversation with on Facebook today for the first time in a long time. I'm not a big uh, Facebook guy anymore for some reason. But uh, Nettles Nasser and I were going back and forth because he just walked into a coffee shop over there in Saudi Arabia and took a picture of that fight on TV. And he noticed there was a round where not a single punch was landed. Uh, it was round three, he said. Uh, and he literally you know, watched it a bunch of times after the fact and said, yeah, not a single punch was landed. There was about six of them thrown, apparently, but not, not one landed. <laughs> so, you know, there was that fight, uh, of course. Um, some other fights that, uh... Fight, but now I might go try to find that round just to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nettles knows his shit, you know. It's funny. I, I, one of my favorite videos that Nettles ever put out there on Facebook was, um... He got an iron plate. And he showed you how you toughen up your knuckles. You can just sit there and punch an iron plate. You know, you don't punch it so you're, you're you know, trying to punch through it, obviously. But, you know, you just do your combinations on an iron plate. And it's actually good for your knuckles once you get used to it and i was like shocked <laughs> i was like yeah that's that's discipline right there <laughs> that's all that is uh, and it's of course way more important for mixed martial arts because you don't have the protection of the gloves <coughs> in a lot of cases <coughs> especially in non-mixed martial arts just martial arts you don't have any gloves in some cases <laughs> uh. 
But anyway, yeah, we had, um, let all shit go down. We had, uh, Kimbo Slice versus Ken Shamrock. That was a big MMA fight, uh, spectacle fight for Bellator. We had, uh, Fedor's comeback fight. It was pretty uneventful, but, uh, you know, they put the hype out there, made it happen, and, uh, trying to start something new with him. Ronda Rousey lost. Big news. She's just starting to get back in the mix. The big news this week is she's going to be on Saturday Night Live. So she's back, but uh, you know, not back in the cage yet, of course. So we'll see what happens there. I'm sure uh, it might be a little bit different than what happened with Gina Carano when she had her first loss, even though I think Rousey's a little bigger movie star now. Uh, I think she's going to stick with it and try to try to make a comeback at it. And sh I don't think she's going to get an immediate rematch, though. There was another piece of news this week that said uh, Holly Holm will probably fight before Ronda Rousey does again. Now, the, qu the question is, you think that'll be a cupcake? Because I don't see it being cyborg. What do you think? Um, well, Holly has said that she would fight at catchweight already. So, I think it's up in the air, but I think Tate would be infuriated if they didn't give her that shot. Yeah. Th th that would First, anyway, you know, and Holly's, you know, he's got to have the belt being defended at her own weight against a, a contender first like that, I think, to, before she would have to fight Cyborg to prove there's nobody else left. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, speaking of Ronda Rousey, there's been a little bit of news today that I read. Uh, I could not help but laugh out loud when I read this article. This is this is like this year's stuff, but uh, it's still funny. Uh, actually, I think the lawsuit might have been filed last year, but it just came out today. This is a lawsuit. Um, plaintiff G.B. White officially filed a lawsuit in Florida naming Ronda Jean Rousey and the Ultimate Fighting Championship as the defendants. And, and, and this is a hand lawsuit <laughs> handwritten two pages uh, filing a temporary restraining order against the former UFC champion stating the following reason quote comes now the plaintiff facing imminent danger and bodily harm from Ronda Rousey who is a fighter for the UFC and I'm whistleblowing a major scandal here in court and fear Ronda Rousey will use her kickboxing skills and judo to kick my head into submission to shut my mouth from whistleblowing against Rousey's fraud, lies, and manipulation. <laughs> this is a serious lawsuit. Okay. You guys think that's funny? What do you hear this part? I don't think it'll, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'll gain much traction. Where do you hear this part? Uh, the plaintiff alleges that there is evidence that Rousey is a man. <laughs> who had penis enlargement, <laughs> bought steroids from Barry Bonds, and had a sex tape with John Jones. <laughs> and this, this is the best part. Ron Rousey, Rhonda's real name, was named after her, his real father, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, this is crazy. Uh, so I still seek a restraining order, he says, against Ronda Rousey from attacking me and a restraining order slash injunction from Ronda Rousey fighting in the UFC because she is a man and, and is on steroids. This is consumer fraud. The public deserves the truth, and I seek protection under the Whistleblowers Act. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. Uh... 
uh, you know, maybe it is a joke, but uh, you got an official file stamp on it and everything. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this guy got this stuff. <clears throat> I don't think he's all there. Let's put it that way. Uh, another thing that uh, was a big story this year was the Reebok outfit policy, of course, with the UFC. And uh, another story this week kind of highlights uh, some of the asinine aspects of that whole thing. Uh, for the first time since they made this partnership, uh, the UFC recently fined three fighters and warned 12 more for violating the outfit policy. Uh, and one of these guys was Cowboy Cerrone. Wait to hear why he was fined. Okay? Not because he had a another sponsor on his shorts or uh, because he wrote something on there or whatever, you know, something offensive. Uh, this is why. Okay? Let me get to it and I'll read it exactly out of the article because this is crazy. Uh, basically, he had a patch on his shorts. Uh, stitched a patch onto his Reebok shorts that was a part of his old Muay Thai shorts. And that is a tradition that also honors his grandmother. And he's been fighting with that old patch on his shorts since his first fight. And there's pictures to prove it. Uh, so he wanted to continue that tradition in his title fight. Um, and he got fined for it. So uh, he didn't make a big stink about it. But when people asked him, he said, uh, I sure did. <laughs> about being fined, uh, and he since uh, retweeted fans stating that they would have also taken the dedu deduction to honor family and tradition. Uh, and apparently Nate Diaz uh, has not gone public, but uh, he wore, weighed in wearing his jeans, so he could have been uh, fined, according to this uh, writer. That's his uh, guess. And uh, Josh Salmon actually... Put, uh, in a journal of his for UFC on Fox 17 that uh, Reebok people tried and failed to make Diaz wear the proper gear at that time. <laughs> the Diaz brothers are not the type that want to be told what to do. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, I can picture that whole <laughs> dust up right there. Some Reebok executive in a suit comes up to Diaz as he's uh, sucking that last pound. <laughs> Before stepping on the scale. I love it. Put on what? <laughs> Go F yourself. <laughs> I gotta make weight. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, the other uh, possible violations. Uh, quote, the usage of unapproved flags or banners in the octagon. Because only national flags are allowed. Uh, usage of unapproved headphones. Monster products are the only ones that uh, they can use. Uh, or any other brand of competing sponsor. To the Octagon weigh-in, press conference, or open workouts. Nothing. You can't have any of that shit. With the Reebok deal in place. Um, and I don't know why this guy... <laughs> Some of these writers are idiots. You know, they write good stuff and then they just say something stupid in the middle of it. Uh... He says, it is also interesting to point out that it was the UFC and not Reebok who decided to find the three fighters. Well, how is Reebok going to fine you, first of all? Okay, maybe they might deduct your pay, but they don't fine you. <laughs> the UFC is the only one that's going to fine you. 
So yeah, that's probably not a good sentence to have in this article, but uh, uh, it's noteworthy, but I don't think it's interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, yeah, these guys are going to get uh, money taken away because of stupid little bullshit that's part of this uniform policy now. So uh, it's just the type of thing that I think a lot of people are going to look at and go, do I really want to work for a company that's going to do that to me? Because I'm carrying on a tradition, they're going to find me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to stand that too long. Especially after I've watched these 100 greatest fights and realized that, you know, to be get these bonuses and to get these designations as the greatest fighter, you have to not only give a lot of punish punishment, but in a lot of cases you have to have wars where you've taken and given yeah. a lot of punishment. Um, just for an extra 50 grand sometimes. <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> seeing what some of these guys have gone through and seeing them now. It's not every day, too, that guys like Chuck Liddell um, go and, and get a huge job with the UFC. <coughs> uh, when you retire after a long career, not every fighter gets that opportunity. <coughs> a lot of these guys have to go back to the day job they had before they started fighting. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Uh, you know, guys like Michael Bisping, uh, Daniel Cormier, uh, all these guys that are working with Fox. Uh, they get to do the commentating gig while they're fighting, even. Uh, but it baffles my mind why they don't bring in a lot, of, a lot of these older fighters and take care of them. Guys like Mark Coleman. We talked to him on the phone. He was a great interviewer. So, but this year, I guess, my New Year's resolution is going to be twofold. First of all, i got to have my mixed martial arts fight. My first mixed martial arts fight. And i got to write the book about the UFC and the way they treat their fighters like shit. <laughs> it has to be done this year. And I might mix Zions in a little bit, but it's primarily going to be more about the Fertitas, how they got where they got, and, and what they do to their fighters. Because <clears throat> it's starting to get ridiculous to me. But anyway, get off my soapbox for a second. What else uh, would you guys like to talk about year in review 2015? Yeah, you know, um, one of the odds that I'd be going back at the Lakers for Pacquiao Bradley Floyd. Right. That was a big moment for Tony. Yeah. The show um, and the I, I'm interested in really looking at the stats for this one. Um, I thought Pacquiao was the first fight handily, 11 rounds of one. You know... Bradley seemed kind of hobbling that fight, you know, he sprained his ankle or he did something, um, pulled the tendon, I forget what he did. Um, the rematch was competitive for the first six rounds, I had a dead even after six, then I had Pacquiao winning um, at least five of the last six. Now, going into the third fight, you know, we're looking at Pacquiao that was kicking his swan song, so is he really going to show up for the swan song? Maybe. Or is he damaged goods? You know, is the, sh is the shoulder really, was that shoulder really that badly damaged? That's one. And was, um, you know, he's been out of the ring for about a year now. And, you know, Bradley seemed to take the Teddy Alice like a fish took the water, you know? Now, was his win of the Brandon Williams? The fact of beating him just a shop wearing guy? I don't know. But right now, right now, when I heard that fight, I'm leaving Bradley, to be honest. Yeah. Now, in three months from now, that could change. That could change, and I could write my report and say, you know what, nope, it's going to be packing with a decision, um, or so on and so forth, just because of their styles. But right now, I'm leaving Bradley. I agree. 
Yeah, well, he's working with uh, Teddy Atlas now, too, you got to remember. So, uh, apparently that made a big difference in his last fight, too. Um, and Teddy, of course, would love to have uh, one of his guys beat Manny, even though he likes Manny. Uh, that would be uh, a pretty big milestone for his career, to have one of his trained guys beat the pound-for-pound, pound, uh, one of the top best pound-for-pound pound fighters in the world. be a pretty big deal for a guy that into boxing. Believe me, I, I've talked to him. I know. <laughs> well, I still can't believe I was lucky enough to have him call me like six times <laughs> trying to get that interview started. Oh... Uh, but he's a good guy. He does, uh, you know, know the sport pretty well. And um, I, I look forward to seeing what he does with uh, Timothy Bradley. Yeah. And, and Manny is on the downside. Of his Manny's, the, Manny's number one thing was always his speed, you know. But I think later in his career, especially lately, especially after the Mayweather fight, uh, people can figure him out now. Because shoulder injury or not, he walks in with his hands down all the time. And Floyd just showed more than anybody that all you got to do is counterpunch the guy <laughs> a few times. Use angles. Really, use uh, a lot of angles. Yeah, counterpunch and move. And, and you got Manny figured out. And just don't let himself um, flurry get you every night. If you go back, the fighter that traditionally caused Pacquiao the most problems was um, Marquez, who was a great boxer. You know, Marquez is a good puncher, but a very good boxer, and very technical, a very technical boxer, a very smart boxer, um, and what he was doing, and then this is eventually what led to the knockout, uh, when he knocked Pacquiao out, um, and that was the fight that I thought Pacquiao was doing the best, except for the early knockdown. Um, like, their first fight, Pacquiao jumped on him early and built up a big lead with three first round knockdowns. And then um, Marquez kind of adapted, and then it was, you know, even the rest of the fight. The second fight was once again close. I, I judged that one for Pacquiao uh, based on the knockdown, and it's in the third or fourth round. The third fight, I thought Marquez edged him because Pacquiao just looked, um, you know, disinterested. He, he looked. Like he was off his game, he wasn't focused, and Marquez really, you know, buckled down and had a great game plan. The fourth fight, which I thought Pacquiao was doing very well, and I thought he was on the verge of a stoppage, but when he was coming straight in, Marquez let him do that near the end and just stepped over to his left and climbed him with the right and let him run himself into the punch. It wasn't as much as Marquez throwing him, it was as much as Pacquiao running himself into it. Yeah, he, he walks right in. Walks right in. Oh, speaking of um, uh, walking right into a punch, uh, one of the fights on the uh, UFC 100 uh, fight series that uh, I wanted to mention this week reminded me a lot of uh, Rocky Marciano versus Jersey Joe Walcott. And uh, it was kind of a weird fight. Uh, Scott Smith versus Pete Sell. And... Oh. Pete Sell broke Scott Smith's rib the punch before. And then, uh, of course, he's down in the crouch because his rib is hurt. 
And he backed right off and goes down in the crouch. And then Pete comes up to finish the job. And Scott just comes up with one last right hand. And it was the exact same crouch that Rocky used. Uh, but it was all instinctive. I mean, it wasn't a normal fight situation where he would have used it. It was just like, it was adrenaline kicked in and made him punch that hard. But it was perfectly on the chin. Knocked Pete's cell right the fuck out. And uh, Scott just crumples to the floor holding his rib. <laughs> just a classic, unbelievable fight. Uh, and it ended pretty quickly. I think it was the second round. Um, but yeah, unbelievable type stuff. And it goes to show you, too, that that's a, a very uh, actively good strategy, still today. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, what sport. Uh, if it's fighting, <laughs> fighting a taller guy in particular, I think it's it's even more effective. Coming up from that crouch and, and the baseball swing, too, helped Rocky a lot. But I don't know if Scott Smith ever played baseball. <laughs> he just did it out of uh, instinct. Uh, pretty good stuff. Uh, another two th 2015 year in review thing I wanted to mention uh, before we run out of our half an hour here. Might go a little over time. But. Uh, UFC has said uh, 2015 was uh, their uh, best year ever. Record revenue. Uh, she said we... Uh, this is Lorenzo Fertitta talking here. Lorenzo, my buddy. Because we are a private company, we don't get into profitability but we'll generate about $600 million in revenue for the year 2015, which is a record for the company, and it's fairly significant growth coming off, to, off of 2014. The exciting part of the platform that we've built is that we've been able to embrace different tiers of revenue. We have our basic pay-per-view business. That is our biggest source of revenue. Then we have our media rights, which is really similar to rights that we sell to Fox for all the programming we give them. And then we have embraced the over-the-top platforms where we launched UFC Fight Pass. So, um, pretty big year. Uh, you'd think, of course, you hear that comment and you wonder, well, does he think some of that money should be spread out to the fighters, maybe? Uh, he says, the fact of the matter is our top athletes are making multi-millions of dollars. And what is happening is as the, best, as the sport grows and compensa compensation goes up and revenue goes up, you're starting to see that the guys and girls at the top are commanding a larger share of that pie. I think you see that in every sport, every business, it's the athletes who make a difference that people want to pay for that are commanding the big dollars. Now that last sentence <laughs> just shows you the kind of guy Lorenzo really is. It's the athletes who make a difference that people want to pay for that are commanding the big dollars. That's your attitude. Okay, that's your justification for not paying the, the guys uh, at the lower tier the, the money. <clears throat> they don't make a difference. That's what you're saying. So, you know, if, if you're a prospect in the UFC, you're not making a difference. That's why you're not getting the big dollars. Okay. Keep that in mind, <laughs> fighters of the UFC, <laughs> as you're renegotiating your contracts. This is what your boss thinks of you. You're not making a difference. <clears throat> That's all I'll say about that one. But, uh, yeah, so they had a big year. Boxing had a big year with uh, Premier, Premier Boxing Champions. I think they've done a great job. They've uh, they've uh, survived all that uh, crazy stuff from uh, Bob Arum and um, uh, Golden Boy. So they're 
Still going strong, still doing the free fights. I haven't got a chance to watch a lot of them. Uh, as you know, I kind of watch more MMA now than boxing, but I think they've done a great job with that product. And uh, when you put that much money into it, how could you not, right? <laughs> but uh, they got the good crop of fighters going. All right, anything else we missed, guys? Yeah, I mean, hey, it's going to be another exciting year. You know, on the, on the boxing standpoint, on the uh, combat sports, mixed martial arts, UFC, hey, every year has a lot of potential. Like, hey, last year in the boxing world, you know, we all gravitated towards one mega fight, and unfortunately it didn't turn out. But, you know, so it still didn't take away, there were a lot of good boxing matches. And this year, you know, hey, we're already looking at potentially um, Triple G and Miguel Cotto. Yes, That's going to be a bad burner. Not, not Cotto, I'm sorry, Triple G and Camilo Alvarez. Um, that's going to be a bad burner. And, and, and that's a tip of the iceberg. Yes, sir. That's a good thing, right? Yep. Yep, well, that's happened just in the last three weeks. Uh, telling me that uh, 2016 is going to be a pretty good year. Um, a lot of titles changed hands in the UFC, of course. Uh, boxing too, a lot of, a lot of uh, great fights we saw and a lot of great fights to come. So we'll be looking forward to uh, all those. We'll talk, be talking about a lot more stuff next week. This week we kind of uh, we're coming off the bench here, so <laughs> we're a little rusty. <laughs> we got to get our shit straight. Right. But uh, hey, it is what it is, and uh, we're gonna have uh, definitely some guests, great guests this year, great fighters. We're gonna get on the show. Uh, try to get some different personalities too. Maybe some writers. Maybe some uh, people from overseas, rather than just your average everyday American dude. Uh, there is a British guy I really want to get on who knows this shit. Uh, boxing guy that you'll like, Tony. Uh, so we'll okay. get him on. And, and we're gonna get. I think we're gonna move past Blog Talk Radio because I don't like this shit. And it's not worth <laughs> 40 bucks a month, that's for sure. I'm sure I can find a better system to go off of that will help us out a lot more, too. So I'm going to look into that in the next week. And, um, you know, if we do have to use Blog Talk Radio for a little longer, we'll just do uh, half-hour shows here and there for a little while. And uh, maybe I'll do the interview separate or something. We'll figure something out. But uh, this, By the end of this month, we will have a new platform, and we'll have a lot more listeners, and we'll have our shit together on the show. Because I really want to make this a big part of the website going forward. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing this. I think uh, you guys do too. Or else you'd be asking me to pay you. <laughs> so let's uh, let's do it right. And let's get a lot of interesting people to talk to. And, and uh, make it a good year. Absolutely. Man. Well, hey, happy and happy 2016 to both of you. Um, That's right. You know, it's, it's a pleasure, you know, coming out here and, and talking to people, you know, not just which of course that is a pleasure um, but people that are knowledgeable about the sport and if we can go out there and you know at the same time provide news but do it in an enjoyable format and educational format hey that's, that's what makes doing this fun right you know sometimes too it's just the smallest things that make you go oh shit you know I really do love what I do and today it was just seeing that uh, Nettles, a guy that I think is knows a lot about boxing and is a good trainer himself, um, say that tagged me in a comment saying, you know, I wanted to bring boxing people, boxing experts' attention to this. It's <laughs> like, wow, I'm considered an expert by somebody. That's cool. So it just takes little things sometimes, but. Uh, 
Yeah, we're out there. I mean, you guys look up your names on there. We've got you all over Google, so. People know us now. That's a good thing. And uh, we'll definitely get some good, good interviews this year for sure. And I'm sure Tom will make some good psychic predictions this year, right? That's it. That's <laughs> it. Got to get that crystal ball. I've been shining it up. And uh, came to came to pretty good last Saturday, but we're about the end of our time. I don't even want to get started on that card. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great fight. Yeah. All right. Till next week, we'll have more time then. Uh, thanks for stopping by, everybody, and uh, look forward to some good stuff from us. Fighting is unlimited. Is uh, coming out of the corner with aggression. This. Time. All right. Twenty sixteen, <laughs> the year of the monkey. Yes. <laughs> All right, monkeys. All right. All right. Mischief. Mischief yeah. and excitement. That's yes. what we are. All right, guys. <laughs> next week. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Sounds good. Till next week. Have a good year.